Welcome to the Future is Bilingual podcast. Today I have part two of my interview with Marcin. So if you haven't already listened to part one, I highly suggest going back and listening to that episode first because he introduces himself and tells you a lot about his language learning journey in part one. Today we dive right into the conversation, talking about the differences between learning language on your own versus learning it in a classroom with a teacher. Uh, he talks about a typical day for him and how he uses languages. He also gives a lot of good tips throughout for how to add your target language into your everyday life to help you learn it more. Uh, he talks about his motivation, how he keeps himself motivated to learn different languages. And finally, we delve into what he's gained from learning other languages and what we hope, what our big hopes are for the future and why we think learning languages is so important for all people, but especially for the youth and the young and the kids that are going to be our future one day. So I hope you enjoy this second and final part of our interview. And this will be the end of season one. And we'll be back with more episodes in September. All right. Did you ever take a formal German class or was it all self-taught? No, it was always self-taught. I never have. And one of the issues that I uh, that I see um, was that, you know, when I'm doing Duolingo in French, because I have the basics from, even though it's many years ago, like they're still in, in my brain somewhere, um, I will get the grammar correct more often than not. And even though I speak more German than I do French, I have a harder time getting the grammar correctly all the time, mm-hmm. or at least, yeah. you know, equivalent amount of the time. Um, and I think that's where, at this point where I am, like maybe having a little more of a formal structure would help. Um, yeah. But yeah, I haven't. Um, and I have a coworker who is, um, you know, his 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 dad is a native German um, speaker, and when he when he was growing up, his dad would speak German to them to to the kids, um, but then he didn't really follow through with it, but. But in the end, he did come around to learning German and he spent a semester abroad. So he speaks German. Um, mm-hmm. He speaks Chinese through a different, um, you know, so he's, he's interesting from that perspective too, because he has mm-hmm. three languages like, you know, um, but so sometimes I'll speak with him, but I'll, we're, we'll speak about German more than we would speak German. And that's probably mostly because one, we've always spoken English and sometimes making that switch is hard, especially if you're not, you know, comfortable in that language, which I'm really not. And also because I'm so out of practice with it or never really had much practice to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. So I end up speaking to him about German a lot, but not necessarily in German. Um, Mm -hmm. And there used to be one family that would come over a father and a kid and they were german speakers so i would like speak to the kid in german um it's fun yeah but that's yeah that well that, it is hard to find german speakers around here so you probably yeah. know <laughs> more of them i don't know any I yeah I, I know a few but... not none of them i'm not close enough with any of them to feel comfortable to you know mm-hmm. meet up and, and just practice german so i think it is interesting i had um I put a poll on the um, the Futures Bilingual Instagram story the other day about is it better to learn 
you know, on your own just by listening or is it better to have a teacher? Um, Cause I feel the same way as you. Um, well, I, t- I did a lot of years of French, but I just know it so well. Yeah. Um, I'll read, you know, native people are writing things, you know, on Instagram or wherever. And I'm like seeing all these errors because there's a lot of silent letters and they'll put the wrong silent letter. Oh. Um, and it just drives me crazy, but I just like, I know so much, whereas in Polish, I never, I didn't, I mean, I have had a few classes, but they were like here and there sporadic. Yeah. And I've done just a lot of years of just listening and doing things on my own. And I do feel like I'm missing a lot of, not miss, like I can still get the grammar, but I'm like so many years behind that I'm like, how many years of errors have I been just repeating or like thinking that this is the right way? Right. Now I'm learning like, oh, there's this whole other I don't know. Yeah. There's just many, there's just many complicated things that I almost wish I do. I do see a very, um, it's very valuable to have this academic structure, even though people always, you know, and I'm also kind of, it's personal since I was a high school teacher, but people always say yeah. like, yeah, you take all these years of language in school and I can't say a word or took this many mm-hmm. years of Spanish or French and I can't use it at all. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not necessarily the school's fault. You know, how much yeah. were you putting in? I feel like people expect that your teacher is going to teach you and you're going to become fluent. And it's the people who become fluent. I did teach everything from Spanish one to French AP. And the students that I had that did become fluent put so much effort in at home and they would watch films and YouTube and listen to music. And they were putting in, you know, you have to put in the effort. You can't just expect to take a 15 minute class five times a week and become fluent. No, but I and, do see the value in having someone who can teach you a lot of the grammar. They help you with vocab. There is a lot that, and oh, so the poll, everybody except for one person said you should do it on your own. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just the community that I'm yeah. talking to, but I, I do think we're kind of giving, you know, classrooms and teachers a bad rep that maybe but, they don't deserve. Oh, they definitely don't. And um, and I'm trying to remember, I know I answered that question, but I actually don't remember what I answered. And But I do remember being conflicted on it because of mm-hmm. um, having strong feelings towards, you know, and, and I've, as I said before, like I have some reservations about, about the way that some of it can be taught, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the teacher is, is bad, but they might be just yeah. responsible for doing these things that, that are, might not be, you know, necessarily the best. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much to it. Like, depending on the school, they might have to use a certain curriculum or book. Yeah. Um, there, and also, yeah. I mean, it, I was conflicted. That's why I posted the poll. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. what other people think. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I can't compare myself to you because you, you taught it for a number of years. But I I did spend a part of a semester teaching at, at the university. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, I also taught, I mean, I taught Polish for a little bit to undergrads, um, you know, mm-hmm. for first level of polish it was like polish 110 um yeah so i also have some very limited experience from that other side of, of being mm-hmm. you know from but being those that was their China. first polish class yeah yeah that was their it was polish 110 so it was That's a, good. Yeah. yeah introductory um and i took an intermediate at that same university yeah um but it's just teachers they can just do so many different things and it is, it's so easy, even, you know, I'm a very critical person. <laughs> so it's yeah. easy to find critiques and say, oh, I wish they were doing this and this different. Um, but I do think there's something to be said to having 
just maybe it's just my brain that I need structure I need to know like the mathematical equation of grammar <laughs> and I just it, it's now it, the more I learn about Polish the more it bothers me all the holes like yeah. oh, I gotta fill this hole in oh man I didn't know about this thing my my aspect is still really like shaky I'm like which one is it supposed to be <laughs> and I'm getting to that point in German but I also look at it a little differently maybe through certain amount of laziness but um i want to get to i want to skip over the part where you're learning all the you know all the grammatical structures and know it intuitively which is how native speakers speak they they just know intuitively what's correct mm-hmm. not not because they have memorized the rules or memorized the um the exceptions and and all that Um, which is which is why you know trying to ask a non-linguistic native speaker like a non-linguist native speaker why they they do something in, with grammar Thank you. because they will be able to tell you well, um, even I used to teach ESL classes and I'm I've studied linguistics communication yeah. sciences all these things um, I've taught ESL in different school settings but I would teach this adult class and I had a couple students that were very motivated And even I, like, and I know a lot about French grammar, and I yeah. was having a hard time explaining all the different, I don't know, just grammatical aspects. Like, well, why do you say we have been, or I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. I don't just say it. Oh, um, yeah. So I, it's tough. I don't know. And I've heard people have debates about whether native speakers are better teachers or non-native speakers are better teachers. And that's a whole other debate. Yeah. Because as a non-native, like with French, I had to go through it. You know, I can relate to my students when they're struggling with an accent and different ways of grammar being formed. And yeah, yeah, before you got to the to the level of just mastery that you were able to intuit the correct uh, answers. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I was the best ESL teacher, and I knew a girl from Brazil, and I feel like she, um, I took her position at a charter school, and I would often think like, you know, she was probably a better ESL teacher because she had to learn English. And uh, I don't know how to explain this to these kids. Well, you know, I, I was a tutor, like I tutored somebody, uh, a student, um, you know, a number of years before I I filled in as, uh, for, for that teacher for that one semester. Um, and, and he was, um, well, yeah, he was very good, um, but he was, you know, a non-native speaker, like he was an American who was learning Polish, um, mm-hmm. of, of Polish descent, but, you know, but he had to learn it as a non-native speaker mm-hmm. because he didn't, he didn't get it from, you know, from growing up in a, in a Polish household. So, mm-hmm. so he would ask me much more advanced questions than I would get when I was teaching Polish 110. Um, because when, mm-hmm. when I was teaching the class, it was like, we were dealing with three cases. They were only introduced like three cases. Yeah. So I I knew that I studied up on them to make sure I I can explain why these cases are the way they are. But mm-hmm. with him, he would ask about all of them, and right. and at that point, I wasn't able to to explain it very well at all. And I felt so bad for because I felt like I was letting him down, even though you know he was still getting a lot out of it. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I guess we're both kind of self-critical in that way, where we're like. And we should be yeah. better for our students. Always wanting, always aiming to do better. Yeah. But yeah, I, 
as you know, I drive my husband crazy because I'll ask him things and he's like, I don't want to think about grammar. Like he just yeah. had bad memories of school and, you know, not knowing the right answer to something. And I'm here I come with these like same um, activities yeah. and same like the Polish well, school on Saturday would good. give us photocopies of like old Polish books. And he's like, no. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And, and the I more you know, to... the more you know, you don't know. That's oh, definitely. And I, I but the, the now I'm more okay with that. Where where I where I am, you know, thinking like, oh, mm-hmm. I could sit through a more rigorous, um, structured, like more rigorously structured German grammar mm-hmm. course, and I think I would get a lot out of it versus, for you know, years years ago where I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, maybe there's something like the the online Polish thing I've found. There's even private tutors. I know there's lots of things like italki. Yeah. But the you thing are... I like is I pay for a, a subscription to the website. And mm-hmm. she has all sorts of like exercises, um, printables versus online. She does a podcast. She does YouTube now. She does all sorts of things. But oh, yeah. um, it's like included within that price. And it's like mm-hmm. it's like the price of a cup of coffee per month. Yeah. So it's not expensive. It's very <laughs> reasonable. Yeah. And um, you can but I like that it has a group. Yeah. Because then there's other people who talk, and there's you know a woman in Turkey and a woman oh, yeah. in, in like Iceland and people in just all over. A lot so of people in England. All the different experiences. Um, yeah. Maybe. So I like the classroom aspect because you could do a private tutor, but I don't know. I'm yeah. social. I like to talk, so I, I want to hear. Other well, people. all these have yeah. All these different ways have their their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, yeah. So it's definitely you definitely want to have many different ways you're approaching this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know about, because we're getting, I don't even know, we're getting off topic because that's <laughs> just, we like to talk about languages. So that's normal for us. Yeah, we do this um, every time we meet. <laughs> tell me about a typical day and how you use your different languages. Okay, With so, whom? yeah. I mean, in a, in a typical day, I'm by And it could be pre-COVID. When things were normal and you had people that would come into the library and things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there wasn't really much of a difference. Like, I still, um, you know, I speak Polish with my family, like with my parents, with my brother and my sister-in-law, and um, with my nephew and niece. Although I'm not as disciplined with that, so I'll switch back and forth. Um, but yeah, in a group of friends will generally speak Polish, but also we might go back and forth because it's just easier we're translanguaging that way mm-hmm. um but at work i would normally just speak english um all day um and occasionally depending on patrons that come in i would just switch to polish as well and as i said o- o- very occasionally i would try um to speak german to some kids um mm-hmm. there was enough few occasions like i i spoke some russian to to um, there was a, a mom coming with these with these two boys, and one time I I said something to them in Russian, and the younger boy was just so shocked. Um, oh. Did not, you know, wait, this person, how how is he speaking Russian to me? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so at work I would I would sometimes um, try to use other languages, but it wouldn't be mm-hmm. very frequent. And I have one coworker who. Um, is American, but she spent six years, I think it was six years, um, in Spain. Um, wow. She's 
kind of got up and moved. Um, so, you know, she speaks Spanish, although she speaks Iberian Spanish. And we have mm-hmm. uh, some coworkers who are um, from Central America. There's like one coworker from Central America. There's one coworker from Puerto Rico. And um, mm-hmm. she'll speak with them about the differences, you know, between, yeah. between the Spanish that they know. Um, but I would, when I started doing some Spanish Duolingo, I would say things to her and then she randomly did some Polish on Duolingo. So we would change uh, (laughs) languages that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then um, when I was more disciplined um, as I was before COVID, um, when I would get home in the evening, I would do my German lessons. So I would go through um, and this switched over time, but like my, you know, because I, travel every year now and i've been to german-speaking countries pretty much most of the year so i would be more inspired i guess and and motivated to to learn so i would go through my through my german lessons uh although last year i was going to france so i did a lot of french lessons um Mm -hmm. but those having that goal yeah the time time limit like okay i'm gonna do this before this trip that's yeah, having very that is, is very motivating, and and also it's the best motivation to begin with. Um, going, that's oh yeah, I miss traveling. Yeah, oh yeah, it's probably <laughs> we'll the best. Get there. Yeah, I'm not in a time of life that I'd be traveling anyway, and then with COVID, everyone else is yeah. sad, and I'm like, well, I wasn't planning any trips. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to cancel small my children. Trip. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah. Where were you going? Switzerland. Oh, so I was actually, I... actually I was flying into and out of Geneva, which is mm-hmm. unusual for me because I it's the first time I think that I would have flown out of the same city I was flying into. Mm-hmm. I do like an open, you know, I don't do a circuit yeah. like I do an open uh, travel and fly into one place, fly out of another. Um, but yeah, so I was going to Geneva, and I I went to Geneva last year. And I met somebody there who's, um, well, she's French and Swiss. Like she, mm-hmm. she identifies as both French and Swiss, but she's, you know, she's a French speaker. Um, and she lives just on the French border, uh, on the French side outside of Geneva. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, um, you know, I would visit her again, um, but then go into the mountains and basically hike for two weeks. So I had to answer. Yeah. That is so disappointing. Yeah. But you'll get back there. I, I definitely I'm dying. I want to uh, I'm dying to go to Switzerland yeah oh it's so yeah <laughs> I've only had like a layover so I haven't left the airport yeah I I, I mean I'm, I I feel like I'm stretching it when I say I've been to Switzerland because the first time um you know Mike and I another friend of ours um and I went mm-hmm. to spend time in Poland Germany and, and Italy but we when we were um, at Lake Como and we were going to Milan, but we drove through Switzerland. It was like an extra 45 minute drive, but we were like in Switzerland, but we just kind of drove through. And then last year I was in Geneva for a few days, which is in Switzerland, but it's, you know, it's kind of its own thing. Um, it's its own entity. I mean, it's yeah. French speaking, not German speaking. And also um, it's, I mean, one of the most internationally like important cities mm-hmm. Um, for political reasons and whatnot um but but i wasn't but i didn't go out really outside the city um so so i was really looking forward to spending 
it was like two and a half weeks really in in oh, Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Next year. I hope you can rebook that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you I, have any? Have the, I have the travel voucher. Oh my gosh. Seriously. We're all going to go crazy if things can't open up within a year. Um, do you have any language goals going forward? Um, yeah. So I'm usually looking for new motivations. And this is, mm-hmm. this is one of them. You know, I'm, I'm back at Duolingo because because of COVID, I stopped. Um, I haven't done any Duolingo for like three months or any other thing. So I want to get back to my German um, and I've been, um, you know, and, and the way I've done it was by trying to immerse myself as much as possible. So I would like change my phone's language to German and I would, you know, use German language GPS and I got pretty good at mm-hmm. directions in German. Um, yeah, it's a great way to do it. Trying to just figure out my phone in German. Yeah, I, um, I always told my students, my upper level French students to do that. Oh, I yeah. think I'm scared, madame. I'm like, just do it. Do it. <laughs> you can it's, always go back. Yeah, it's really, it's it's worth it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, half jokingly, but I, I like watching Peppa Pig because it's kind of my, like, I'm a, a little more than a toddler at best in my German. Um, right, yeah, no, it's... In it's, a way, you know, because I don't speak it on a regular basis. So if I read it, I can maybe understand more of it, but kid shows like that are, are such kid a shows are fast. good way to, to do it so I um, oh man I love watching cartoons like I can't when well we show our kids Polish and I'm like I can't like put them in front of the tv and go do like dishes I'm like I need to watch this this is oh, my yeah. learning time <laughs> yeah like, I don't get a, a quote-unquote break from them because I'm like sitting there with them <laughs> trying to oh. hear everything and so that's that's really I think my my big goal is to try to get to German more because um I mean, like, I get distracted easily. So I, I, I just saw that Duolingo released the beta of Finnish, and that's a language I've wow. wanted to learn since high school as well. Um, so I'm really tempted to just start doing Finnish. Uh, but mm-hmm. that would just be, you know, another language that I I would know a couple hundred words in, exactly. a few hundred words, and, and that's it. But so the, the big challenge. I'm, I'm, here for, I'm here for all that. Dabble, go for it. That's all yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. At this point. But I, I would like to better in, in German to be able to communicate. Um that would be that would be my goal. Mm-hmm. My... Is there any other way that you stay motivated other than booking a, a trip or Yeah, my, my big motivation is travel. That's really my big motivation. Um because mm-hmm. I'm I'm able to do that. Um I'm not tied down, like I don't have kids. Um which is a big thing because, well, they require a lot of Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, when, if you do decide to travel, like when you're traveling with a family, that's a, that's a whole different logistical ball game and also a whole different financial ball game because I can try to, you know, couch surf or, or even just stay at hostels and the the costs are down Um, versus with kids. You just have to, I mean, you can do some hostels that you can book a room in and, you know, they might be a little more affordable than hotels, but mm-hmm. but you can do the same amount of intensity of, of travel that you do no, by, by itself. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> my, that's my big motivation. Um, yeah, get and, all the travel maybe, and you can. Maybe keeping up with you is the other. Oh, boy. Yeah. Get, it's not get a race, not a competition. No, no, but it is good motivation. Yeah. Helping well, we're friends on Duolingo, so 
yeah those points going up (laughs) i think i'm um, i have more points than you i think yeah you probably do but yeah some good healthy competition (laughs) is always yeah Um, but but it's but but more seriously like the um just having somebody else who is also doing that um is big motivation Mm-hmm. whether you you're because I, I don't necessarily have a competitive like nature um but i do have a very like strong cooperative nature mm-hmm. so so seeing other people do it that motivates me a lot to just improve myself and then help them improve yeah i've been finding a lot of good youtube videos and then like people who talk about learning languages or learning oh. you know language coaches and then it's just like watch a little video like five yeah. strategies to do something and then i'm like okay I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get yeah, the notebook. Yeah. <laughs> I like to write things out still, which is like I don't know. I just well, I mean just the act pen of, to paper. Just the act of writing things down helps your brain memorize it. So even if you don't then necessarily reference it again, like right. you, it's still a more like you've still done okay. it. Just read it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I like all the technology. I like all the apps. That's all. It's all great. But like when I'm learning something, like I still have to like get the pen and paper and people in the, the Polish classes were like, wow, you're oh. so serious. You're like over there with your notebook. I'm like, I know, but I just, I don't know. I concentrate better. It helps. Yeah, it definitely so, helps. And I'm not yeah. very good at that, but yeah. But, yeah I'm but trying I, to get better. I mean, I do highly suggest that though. Like, yeah, definitely get your pen and paper out and use all the resources because the online world offers you all the resources i mean lately yeah. a few weeks a couple of weeks ago i was i listened to a lot of music in finnish just because i do mm-hmm. because i like it um not necessarily because i'm trying to learn it but there was um on spotify you know i was just listening to like a mix of things on spotify and and at some point a um a finnish translation of um edgar Allan poe started playing like an audiobook of it wow and mm-hmm. you know and I'm thinking, yeah, and so do I but like you know I'm not gonna understand it in Finnish um I never studied the language I know like five words um maybe 20 if I really think about it hard. um mm-hmm. so, but I still ended up listening to like the whole 10 minute clip um because it's just such a gorgeous language but, but but what I'm trying to say is that you know even if you just have Spotify for music like chances are if you're trying to learn a language um there will be audiobooks just available on Spotify and mm-hmm. and your library are, is likely to have a fair amount of things depending on the language you're trying to learn. Um, yeah. yes, the, the lucky, where we live, you can do yeah. interlibrary loan and order okay. it from a different library. So yeah. if your library has that, that's helpful. Oh yeah. And with these languages, like if you're trying to learn like, I don't know, Latvian, you might have a harder time, but Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to learn one of the big languages, whether it's you know Spanish or Mandarin um, or even Arabic, um, mm-hmm. I say even Arabic because it's a little more like farther away from us, uh, but it is a very popular language, and mm-hmm. um, so you can find a fair amount of resources. So yeah, use libraries it. are great. It's a great resource. Yeah, I have to, like, I have especially to if you're just dabbling. I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'm not sure if I want the book. You know, you can yeah. get it from the library. See if it's worth it. And then you All can the audio books. Yeah, then you can invest in it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Lots of resources. Um, I, we've talked about a couple, but do you have any proud bilingual moment or any um, 
yeah. tradition or something that you are able to partake in because you are bilingual. Yeah, well, that's an interesting one because, I mean, we do all the Polish, like, traditions, you know, I mean, like, Vigilia is the big one, right? The, the Polish mm -hmm. um, Christmas Eve. Um, the, and what's great about that, I think, even as an adult, is that um, it's better than how we do it in the U.S. because you get to open your presents just Christmas Eve. You don't have to wait until the morning to open them. Yeah. So you get them. Like, and you can sleep in. Early. And you can sleep in because you've already opened them the night before. And There's not like kids good. waking you up at 5 a.m. to yeah. open their gifts. Yeah. Like you already have all your toys, you know, uh, the night before. So mm -hmm. it might be hard to put your kids to sleep. But but once right. they're, in, um, they're they're out, um, but but other than that, like what I when I was thinking about this is that it, it's it's not like I take trips because I know the language. Like I can go to Poland and I can obviously do anything I want there um, and mm -hmm. pretty much blend in um, within legal limitations. But yes. Yes, like I won't be walking around and not necessarily know I'm a tourist is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so that that's what I mean. <laughs> I'll blend in. But but what 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 learning languages has given me the most, I think, is that I am I got to the point where I am very comfortable being in a country, you know, by myself, um, surrounded by a language I don't know and, and not knowing anybody. And I'm comfortable in that situation. Um so what I think by extension that leads to is that, you know, when, and I'm, I'm not going to get political, I swear, um, but it's not that type of show. Uh, but but when, when that type of thing comes up with like, you know, for example, like I'll never be uncomfortable with the idea of open borders. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying let's do it because this is not the show for it, but, but I'm saying like, I can't be scared into. You're not afraid of others. Yeah, yeah. They can't be scared of others because I don't know the language they speak or the country they're from. Um, and that I think is a great gift. That's a big opening. Um, yeah. So even if I don't speak the language, like I'll, you know, I'm not saying about being around them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like I'd be able to just get up today, pack up and go to a different part of the world and start living there. Like, you know. Right. Yeah. Not, travel is different than living, but still. Yeah. It takes an open mindedness to be able to to go somewhere and be comfortable with not understanding everything yeah and and, and so what many I mean, people are afraid of not knowing a hundred percent what is that person saying what is that person saying and um, and sometimes being kind of paranoid <laughs> sometimes when i'm with with people like some friends of mine who they speak a language i don't and then you know some of them will speak the language to each other and then somebody else might might be uncomfortable and say like hey you know he doesn't understand it and like, mm -hmm. and it's, it's obviously nice because you want to include me in the conversation, but I would never be uncomfortable with somebody speaking a different language in front of me because mm -hmm. of like, they, you just, you just do you, you know, it might be easier for you to communicate amongst yourself for a little bit. I don't need to you. I don't need to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a huge issue. There was actually, did you ever see that viral video from Amherst? of a woman that told no. two Chinese students to speak English. Oh my, no, I didn't yeah, see there was Yeah, there was a viral video that came out um, of bad. a town near us um, that, yeah, she just, she yelled at these two on a bus, two Chinese people speaking to themselves. And there's wow. a lot of Chinese um, students up in that area. Yeah. And this other guy was like, don't tell them. Like, 
They're just yeah. having a conversation on their own. It doesn't even involve you, lady. And yeah. like they called the cops and the bus pulled over and like somebody was filming the whole time. Oh wow, I did not. Um, know about so that. yes, very, very even in our very liberal <laughs> north. Chances are, like no chances are I know that person. Hmm. That well, person is a library user. Um and I would know them. Because right. I, I know a bunch of people that would probably maybe do that. And that's yeah. not something to be proud of, maybe, but oh my mm-hmm. yeah. So unfortunately it's a very real sentiment I mean, I, that people I feel do, like somebody that i know um as i said like i played music and i studied music so my old trumpet teacher's um friend posted a video um when he was at on campus and he has a he has a baseball cap um from a from a music fest that he did in pakistan and he was uh-huh. so he went there and he played music with all these people from around the world and it was a great time and the cap was um i forget the name of the music festival but in on the front of the cap it said the name in, in english and on the back it said it in urdu um which mm-hmm. is you know obviously not as like a latin script like we wouldn't recognize right. the letters um and he was like fiddling with his radio and somebody started berating him to go back to his country uh which first of all like he's an american he lives here but he was also very you know he was very outspoken about how that is so wrong like it's not mm-hmm. something he usually has to deal with because you know he's a white man american living in america like that he's mm-hmm. he's faced these situations but because he was fiddling the assumptions like, people yeah. make just off of the hat yeah but i think even though this isn't a political podcast at all um it is a podcast about bilingualism and multilingualism multiculturalism and being open to other people i mean that's yeah. why we learn these languages so we can talk to people and, and speak yeah. them and, understand. Um, and that we can get to know them and their culture and yeah understand them so i think even though it may not be a political show i think it is an important part of what we're trying to do when i yeah. say the future is bilingual i hope that that means a more open future yes more open-minded and and that would be a much brighter future i think mm-hmm. You have, just you have to know more and not be afraid i feel like a lot of those people's reactions are out of fear for the, unknown, the unknown yeah or some and, possibility and, that this could be related to some terrorist activity you know like it, it yeah. goes so far and who knows what they're thinking but yeah and, and i mean it's it's an emotional topic because mm-hmm. like, fear is a strong emotion and it's yes. hard to it's hard to be brought out of fear through you know like intellectual discussion so but but like people's there there have been studies that have shown that like if you just know somebody from a from a certain group like the chances that you will fear that group like half Mm -hmm. just just by knowing somebody from that group um that is yeah it's amazing so it's so so important to do kind of takes the mask off of it like yeah. it's not so scary <laughs> they're yeah. just humans like us oh yeah and they they they're scared too right especially if they're the minority in this country yeah <laughs> you know they're yeah. the one they, foreigner they they move here and they might not speak the language and they're surrounded by people they don't know in a language they don't know yeah they're, and they're like, these are big topics but like when you read and as you know specializing in like children's literature like we're trying to teach these to our children from the youngest age we can you know, even okay. the picture books. Um, like, I know you gave us this amazing book about different hats, um, all the different yeah. religious hats. 
it's a wonderful book. That. They love that book, by the way. Yeah. It's very simple. It just has different people wearing their different hats. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, don't you don't have to be afraid if you see someone wearing a kippa or wearing um the oh my gosh, no, I can't even think of what it's called. The Muslim hijab. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, just kind of normalizing it. Like these are yeah. people wearing different things on their head. <laughs> Sometimes we wear glasses on our face, you know, right. like they're just things. Yeah. Yeah, it's very important. And and you'll yeah, and picture books have been making some progress, but it's it's up to the librarians and and teachers um, and parents to to also you know sift through and look for them to to show that Mm -hmm. representation to to their kids. Yeah, Um, and I feel like we are in a very maybe the revolution. I don't know if it's died down. I have been following a lot more people with different books on diversity, and I'm hoping that this wave continues and gets stronger because I know after George Floyd and a bunch of the protests and things, yeah. people were getting much more into just being I don't oh, know, yeah. conscious, um, conscious about getting books with people, you know, they're not, yeah. that are not white or animals, you know, how many um, children's books are just people. Oh, who um, are yeah. White? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember the exact numbers. Cause I know they might see, I like, I obviously look at those statistics, but it's yes, I've seen them, those statistics. It's definitely over half that are white or animals, and animals are by and far white too. Um, mm-hmm. Their representations of animals are like a white yes. family. They just happen to be, you know, bears. Mm-hmm. More exactly. um, but it's up to us, like as once again, like the librarians, the teachers, to to make sure it's not performative. Um, but we we build um, these. I mean, it's almost ridiculous to call them radical. Um, ideas into our into our structure and policies to make sure that we we offer a more more diverse view of the world um yeah like people yeah, should have access to drinking water like that's not you know why is that mm-hmm. right? um why is that even a discussion right <laughs> yeah. yeah and just to normalize it like if we looked at statistics you know like this is what our country looks like so why do the books not represent yeah, that. and and that's a that's a big. Um, I mean, the, the portrayal of Native Americans has been also very Ugh, yeah. limited, and and um, so, but but it's but it's not like it's not being published. It's just that we have to make an effort to to make sure we find it and represent it. Um, and there have been right. some incredible um, children's books, you know, representing that, and and not always about pain, like you know, like your. African American history can't be about slavery and civil rights. Like it has to be about, you know, kids just going about their day being happy kids. Right. Um, that's that's important. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we end, can you teach us a word or phrase in one of your languages? Um, yeah, I'll go for a somewhat easy one, and there's a story behind it because um, okay. the word the word yapko, which means apple, mm-hmm. um, because a number of years ago, maybe, you know, when, when my nephew was two or three, when he, he was first starting to, to learn to speak, um, we were at the store, and I don't even know how we got onto this conversation, but I said, Oli, povietz yapko, which means like, Oli, say apple, you know, povietz yapko. And he goes, apple. And I said, nie, yapko, apple. Nie, yapko, apple. And he, just getting, he was getting so frustrated with me because... Yeah. Uh, he answered my. He was saying it. Yes, he was saying it. So what? What is happening to me? That he wouldn't. Awesome. 
So, so to me, the word yapko has become symbolic in in um in a bilingual context. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is yeah. Uh, we had a moment similar to that with Isabella the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was over, and there was like a caterpillar. So she was saying, she was teaching them the word for caterpillar. Yeah. And Isa was like kotek, which means like kitty cat, because she heard the beginning of the word was caterpillar. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you know, like she just heard cat, and she said kotek, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're so smart! You heard cat, but no, there's a whole yes. word to it." Yeah. Uh, so that was just really cute. Um, you know, she's only a year and a half, but I was like, "Oh my god, your little brain is, you know, That's chugging funny. along there." That is absolutely. I just thought that was funny. Well, because we, we always, like the the example is usually like you have to learn to say cat before you say catastrophe, but I like the example of you have to say cat before you say caterpillar. Like it's a more yeah. pleasant you know yeah. visual and there's lots of things like that we always joke in polish how there's words that start with um the sound nie which means no so yeah. like, nie nie and marish will always be like topesz, like just as a joke like say it without the nie yeah. um so we always yeah. joke about things like that but i can tell you my favorite untranslatable word okay it might be a conversation in itself but it's uh the word żal. um mm-hmm. That is my one of my favorite words in Polish, and so I mean it's, it's not regret. Oh, it's it's a lot. Of, it's a very complicated emotion, and to me, it's always going to be tied with Chopin, um, because mm. you can't play Chopin without Jal. But it's it's <laughs> it's more than regret. It's it's more than like nostalgia or um, like the feeling of of something irredeemably lost, and almost an acceptance that it's forever uh-huh. gone. And there's like a sense of pity, but there's some anger in it because you don't really want to do it. It's mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of emotion in that one. There's a lot of emotion. Small word. So, yeah, and it's it's three letters. Um, mm-hmm. It's so tiny, and yet yeah. it's it's, it's so one of the powerful um, emotions. It's not just regret or pity. It's all of these other things. Like it's rage and it's anger on top of um, you know on top of regret and and nostalgia and. Mm-hmm feelings of sadness it's a very complicated word yeah kind of reminds me of the word um los which is like your lot in life or like your destiny what is los like destiny right like fortune fate fate or something maybe that's the word that's a good word yeah but yeah i've learned lots of words through songs because whenever I hear certain words, like oh, the song yeah. that I, I learned it through comes to me. Um, so I think that's a great way to learn languages. Listen to songs. Because then you hear it naturally, kind of how people would say it, and in a context. And you also, songs are something you naturally go back to time and time yeah. again. Like and you get don't stuck in your head. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you don't necessarily want to reread the same grammar chapter in a book. But yeah. you'll listen or, to Or even a book. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one for rereading. Once I've read a book, I'm like, eh, I know it. I don't rewatch shows. I don't really, I don't know. There's just too much out there. I don't want to rewatch. It is true. I did, I did that for many years, but maybe I've read enough books now that um, I go back once in a while. And once in a while I reread some I've, I've read before. Um, and it's always interesting have... to reread things you read as a child or a teenager and see like yeah. how differently you're looking at it. Um, yeah, I think maybe something from... Maybe I have a few books from my um, early college years that I'm like, I started rereading one in French just to get back into French. Oh, yeah. Because it's not part of my life right now. But um, yeah. 
maybe yeah childhood books would be interesting but things that I've read kind of in my late 20s to now like I have no interest in maybe that's yeah. just maybe later down the road they're very older. recent yeah they're very it's recent, too, so. too recent you, you haven't matured enough past that point to really see them much right. to learn no. anything else yeah well and, thank you Marcin for talking with me this was very insightful probably will be the longest show I will publish so far yeah. <laughs> so Sorry. if you're still listening thank you for <laughs> sticking with us through all of our twists and turns yeah. and politics and <laughs> But it's been a pleasure and I really enjoyed it. Um, and as you mentioned, like we, we could go on for a very long time. listeners. And I will hopefully convince you to come back and talk another time. Thank you. I think I would really love that. That'd be wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. And talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Ciao. So thank you for listening all the way through to my interview with Marcin. I hope that you got something out of our discussion. And if you'd like to share it, you can find me at The Future is Bilingual on Instagram, no spaces or anything. Or you can send me an email at tfibpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you thought. Also, I'm always looking for more bilingual people to interview. So if you are interested, again, contact me in one of those two ways. And let me know, and I'd love to speak with you. Have a great rest of your day. Take care.